This is the week, if all goes well, of course. Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. Danny Sarek joins me. Kyler Murray has been activated. He's taking the first team reps. All signs are pointing to K-1 being QB1 on Sunday. So what do we want to see? What do we hope to see? Also, who benefits the most from Kyler's return? And could there be another player returning this week? James Conner is back practicing. Might he be joining Kyler in the backfield against the Falcons? It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 696, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2. Buda Baker, one heart, one threat. This guy's unbelievable. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. He's at the 10, half the 5. He's in again. Some more Murray magic. Wow. Here's Craig Grealoux. So here's an odd fact about Sunday. This is the third straight week the Falcons are facing a quarterback making his first starts of the season. Of course, there's a little asterisk next to that, Danny. Unless... All has to go well for that to be three straight weeks for the Atlanta Falcons. You're saying there's a chance Kyler Murray does not play after being activated to the roster, Craig? He's been activated. He's taking first-team reps, at least what we saw during the open portion of practice on Wednesday. I kind of equated it to a pro day because you're basically just throwing on air. There was a slight difference between Wednesday of this week versus the previous three weeks on a Wednesday. Well, he was throwing to his top receivers. Uh, We saw he was doing a little practice, taking the ball from the fake center. It wasn't (laughs) Yelda Froholt. It was someone on staff. I'm guessing he did once we all left. Probably. Hopefully. Yes. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there... Between the two of us and everybody listening, there's no chance Kyler Murray doesn't play on Sunday, Craig. Correct. We're on the same page. Yes. How about that? We're going to speak it into existence. You're very good at that. (laughs) Unless, of course, it's that one prediction that didn't quite go your way Mm. in which you were looking forward to seeing Kyler Murray after just two weeks. But now we have four full weeks of practice. I'm feeling pretty confident about this week. This week? Yes. I am too. (laughs) Let's hope the head coach is when he next addresses the media on Friday. Maybe we get a, a more definitive announcement about K-1 starting on Sunday. Do you think? Well, what are the odds of that happening? Pretty low. Okay. But it will be exactly 11 months to the day since Kyler tore his ACL against the Patriots last December. 335 days to be exact. I'm not good at math, so I'm going to trust your numbers there. <laughs> I thought you excelled at math. No? Only Grade when it, school? High school? No? No. No, no. Okay. The only math I do is to know that I beat Darren in Papa Shot when we were in Cleveland Friday night. I just know that I made more baskets than he did, and that's the most math I need to do. And I believe it was 20 more baskets, correct? It was. Okay. And for those who have not seen the viral <laughs> clip, uh, not search viral. Danny Sarek's Twitter or did Darren Darren did Darren tweet, retweet that for you? I think so. It was Jim okay. Mahundro, our executive producer, tweeted out the clip from the Cardinals Underground podcast on Tuesday. Okay. So we know that Darren is good at writing, just maybe not as good at shooting baskets as he hoped or thought he was. At least not as good as me. Okay. And no one is as good as throwing the football as Kyler Murray. You like that transition? I do. Good job. Keep going. (laughs) Now, what we don't know is what things are going to look like 
on Sunday. What do you hope it looks like on Sunday from our vantage point? I I would like to see command and confidence from Kyler Murray. I would like to see the accuracy and the zip in the ball. I don't know if we're going to see the long ball right away. That also depends on your personnel. Are you going to have Michael Wilson back out there who missed last week with a shoulder, right? Give some help for Hollywood Brown, allow him to get open. I also think a lot of the success of what we're going to see with just how different this offense is from what Kyler has mostly worked with, this is a heavy emphasis on the run game. James Conner is still on IR, however, has been designated to return to practice. He missed the minimum four games with a knee injury. When you didn't have Connor, you did have Amari DiMercato, who looks good, however, missed last week with a toe injury. The drop-off was significant when it became Keontae Ingram. I think that was a large part why the Cardinals' offense struggled, not the only reason, but a large part why they struggled in Cleveland was because you couldn't establish the run. If you're able to have James Conner back and you're able to establish the run and give Kyler some play-action opportunities, I think that could be an area we see him excel. I do think you're going to notice that from our eye at practice, it has looked like the same Kyler. I don't know that you're going to see him under center a whole lot. Might keep him in the shotgun more. And then in the next couple weeks, as he continues to get comfortable, I don't know that you'll see a lot of designed run plays. Maybe a few scrambles. That's that's what everyone's going to keep their eye on is the mental side. Kyler tore his ACL untouched, scrambling, the beginning of that game. Is he going to be comfortable doing that in his first game back if he needs to? Now we've been told, offensive coordinator Drew Petzing brought this up when he addressed reporters on Tuesday, that there are no limitations on Kyler Murray. And that's what we've heard now is that he's 100% healthy. And they are fully confident in what they are going to ask Kyler to do on the football field. And Kyler is equally as comfortable and confident in doing that. But I am very intrigued as far as what the play calls are going to be because I do hope that there are no limitations, that we do see Kyler Murray under center, we see him in shotgun, we see him roll out, we see some design runs, we see him out in space. All those things that we saw prior to the knee injury, we want to see again. The question is, will we, or does it take, to your point, maybe it's not game one, maybe it's game two, or maybe it's not even until game five, until you really see that quote-unquote old Kyler Murray that we all know is there, and that skill set is as talented as any quarterback in the league. I think you will see pretty early on the quote-unquote old Kyler, at least the attributes for his game, which is not just the legs. It's, it's the accuracy and getting the ball out quickly and the zip and the power that he has. I think you're going to see that right off the bat. And I do still think you will see things that look different. I think you'll see him with this new playbook and the scheme and being under center. I just think you will see more of it as the weeks go on. Now, the question is, what is your offensive line going to look like? Because if we're going to say that you need to be able to establish the run and you've been missing James Conner drastically, and if he's going to be available, who's going to be blocking for him? It's a good segue into what we did not see during the open portion of practice, and that was no DJ Humphreys, who was dealing with an ankle injury that he suffered in Cleveland. There was also Will Hernandez we spotted on the side working out with the training staff. Tristan Colon working on the side with the training staff. So those, there's three pieces right there. And right now you're down to your third different starting left guard in Dennis Daly. So 
If you don't have your starting left tackle, you've got Dennis Daly, yelled to Froholt, what do you do at right guard if Will Hernandez is unable to go, and then your right tackle is Paris Johnson. The the Cardinals ended the game in Cleveland left to right with Kelvin Beecham, and then Dennis Daly, yelled to Froholt, Carter O'Donnell at right guard, and Paris Johnson Jr. There's a chance that's going to be your starting offensive line this week if you're not able to get Humphreys or Hernandez back it do, I don't know that we'll see Cologne just because the fact that he still wasn't practicing and he hasn't practiced for the prior week and didn't play I'm not sure where his progression is there with his injury which I believe is a calf correct um, but there's a very good chance that this offensive line that has through the halfway point of the season only dealt with a small amount of adversity. Now, it's you're on your third string left guard. However, we've seen in years past that O-line here in Arizona has had a lot of adversity, and they've made it halfway through the season without really having to deal with a lot of that. And what we've been told by the coaches is the offensive line, whomever those five guys are out there, it's not going to change what they hope to do going into the game. And I, I use the word hope because you can have a plan yeah, you want to make sure that you can establish the run and you're protecting your quarterback, i.e. your franchise quarterback and Kyler Murray, yet plans change. And then if you get to Sunday, that first quarter, that even earlier than that, your first drive, and things just aren't going well against that Falcons defense, then you have to be able to adjust. And maybe to your point, we don't see a lot of under center because Kyler Murray needs to be in shotgun just to buy himself more time to scramble extend the play to allow for his pass catchers to get open, and that's just an adjustment in-game that maybe in three, four weeks when you have a healthy offensive line, you don't have to worry about. Mercado is probably your best blocking running back. So if he's still unable to go and you want to hand the rock to JC, probably going to be in more 12, maybe 13 personnel and rely a little more on Jeff Swaim and Elijah Higgins as your blocking tight ends to help you out there. DiMercato was spotted working out on the side, which I think is good because when you don't see someone, i.e. Humphreys, then okay, maybe they're further away from actually being able to play. But if they're not practicing but seen on the other field, working with the training staff, okay, they're at least not in the training room getting treatment. Maybe that already happened, but it seems like there's a progression. Once practice starts, if you're outside, even working away from the rest of your teammates – you're inching closer to where your teammates are actually working on the field. We'll probably get the injury report email as we record this. However, the players that we did not see at practice, which we do not know why yet, outside linebacker Cam Thomas, it's a bit concerning, linebacker Zeke Turner, and starting cornerback Marco Wilson. Now, we're at the time of year, everyone's getting flu shots. Maybe people are just sick, but maybe they got a little uh, nicked up and we just don't know about it quite yet. Nicked up, that's a favorite word of the head coach, Jonathan sure Gannon. So you're, uh, you're really paying attention to what the head coach has to say. Sure am, Craig. Back to Kyler Murray and who you think benefits the most amongst the skill players with Kyler Murray back Easy. on the field. Don't even need to finish your question. Okay. Hollywood Brown. That's what I wrote Easy. down as well. Why do you say that? Because I think... If Hollywood, oh, I don't want to pin this all on mostly one person. If you look at the numbers, I really think Hollywood Brown could be having a great year. The connection, the connection just has not been there with what was mostly Josh Dobbs and one game with Clayton Toon. Hollywood has been open. 
He has been thrown out of bounds. He has been overthrown. It's not only that he has that connection with Kyler of being best friends since their time together at OU. Kyler just has that accurate deep ball that the Cardinals haven't had at their disposal through the first half of the season. I think that that is a player that absolutely immediately is that connection is going to be seen with Kyler coming back and benefiting him individually, which will obviously in turn benefit this offense. And I I do think it'll be exciting too of we haven't seen Kyler throw with Michael Wilson. That's the only receiver Kyler doesn't have any sort of history throwing the ball to. And if he's healthy and he's able to be out there, I think that could be a really exciting duo to watch as well. Assuming all goes well this week and Kyler Murray is on the football field along with good friend Hollywood Brown, then yeah, I do expect, to your point, there's no question, based off past history, not just history here with the Cardinals, but going back to their time in Oklahoma. Hollywood Brown is the 13th most targeted receiver in the league, which shouldn't surprise you because he's the most targeted player on the Cardinals. He's your number one wide receiver, period. But he's only caught 54% of the passes thrown in his direction. 42 catches, 77 targets. Only Zach Pascal has a lower percentage, catch percentage, than that. Well, that's really interesting to hear. I did not know that. Pascal has only got four catches, 10 targets. Now, 54%. That is not a good percentage when typically around the league, your quarterback and your receivers, especially your number one wide receiver, is about 60, 65, upwards of 70% on that completion percentage. And I I don't, again, want to make it sound like I am pointing the finger all at one person, especially with a player who's not even here anymore. But that was apparent, that there was just no chemistry. And it wasn't just with Hollywood Brown. That was something we talked about week after week with the receivers was miscommunication and not having that connection. And I feel like you've really seen that in how Hollywood Brown's season has panned out so far. For those of us who have watched every single game and fans out there as well, you know how well Hollywood is playing this season. The numbers don't show it, which is why across the league, people aren't going to pay attention. Unless you're watching each and every snap of his, then you can, you're not going to know. Because if those catches are made, then he's upwards of maybe doubling his receiving total right now and in the conversation for perhaps a Pro Bowl spot. Maybe that also means that people aren't paying attention. Maybe Atlanta's not paying attention, right, Craig? Maybe they won't be ready. Coaches don't miss a whole (laughs) heck of a lot. Um, Speaking of coaches, Jonathan Gannon, he said something, I believe it was on earlier Wednesday or Monday. I want to get your thoughts because I disagree with our head coach. He was asked about a reset with Kyler Murray starting these final eight games. Again, if all goes well this week. This eight-game stretch, is that a reset? And Gannon said, quote, I don't see it like that. I do, because to me, this is a brand new season in 2023. I think I'm leaning more towards agreeing with you that it is a reset. I think what is holding me back in that is that Kyler is not a fix-all solution. No. He is going to elevate this offense, no question about it. The The Cardinals are going to look very different with Kyler Murray out on the field, absolutely. 
they've had a lot of other problems as of late offensively. The blocking, getting open, running the ball, finding the gaps. It hasn't just been the quarterback play. And while Kyler can alleviate some of those struggles in his skill set and his ability to extend plays and use his legs and get the ball out quickly and and make his reads, he's not going to be able to come in and fix everything. So that's that was the kind of the hesitation of I can see it as a reset to a certain extent. Yes. And also because this is really your first look at what your team can look like. You haven't had a chance to see your franchise quarterback play under your new head coach with his offensive coordinator and and with this scheme. And I know that we don't need to go too far into it, but Decisions are going to have to be made at the end of this year, and so you need to take advantage of these final eight games with Kyler under center and figure out and make sure that he is the right piece for this team moving forward. So that is why I could see it's a reset of, okay, now we're getting a look at what we can really look like and what we can try to build around in the future. It's an eight-game evaluation. Yes. And this entire process since Monty Austin Ford and Jonathan Gannon arrived has been an evaluation. So I get why JG says he doesn't see it as a reset because he's living in the moment and there are 52 other players plus the practice squad that you have to concern yourself with and you can't make it all about one player. Fans, media, you and I, oh, we're making it about one player because that's all 2023 was about. We all knew that. Didn't need to be said publicly, which I'm saying publicly here on Cardinals Covered 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. But you have to figure it out. You have to know, is this our guy? Is this our quarterback moving forward? Or do we have to look behind door number two, door number three, door number four, and figure something out and really do a brand new reset? But if these eight games go well and Kyler Murray is your guy, which is the best case scenario, and everyone should hope for that scenario, because then you can build around a quarterback who has already been paid, he's already locked to a long-term contract, and then you figure out, all right, Michael Wilson, young talent, fits well. Trey McBride, young talent, looks good. Harris Johnson Jr. looks good. You can bolster the defense. You can do so much with that draft capital and money and free agency and build and put pieces around Kyler Murray. That's the best-case scenario, and that is if you're a Cardinals fan, you should hope happens over these eight games. Yeah, there, there's a lot, not necessarily a lot riding on this, but a lot to learn from this second half of the season that all stems from your quarterback, and that's going to lead to a whole plethora of other decisions that are going to be made in the offseason. It's also important for Kyler to get out there and, and to run and play on that knee again, and the mental side of thing is of all of this is absolutely a big part. That's not just BS from Jonathan Gannon when he says that of how that's playing a role in his return and ramping him back up to things. He needs to make sure that he feels comfortable trusting that knee when he is throwing, when he is escaping the pocket, when he is running and making sure that he feels comfortable enough to go and be his true confident self out there. And whether or not we see that Sunday, again, if all goes well this week, whether we see that in game one or it takes several games, and that's where I would caution a lot of fans out there and even myself to a certain extent, don't overreact to what you see or what you had hoped to have seen on Sunday against the Falcons because, yeah, things could be great and they could not go well. Either way, 
you have to build upon what you did on Monday, or excuse me, you have to build upon what you did on Sunday. You want to see a progression, an upward trend from week 10 to week 18. And if you want to break it up, you've got four games, then the bye week, and another four games. This schedule, the way it was mapped out or maybe just happened this way, it's a perfect scenario for the Cardinals to have Kyler Murray with this offense and then the team overall, four games, reset, look back, and then figure out these next four games. Cannon even said that himself this week of making sure everybody, Kyler included, has realistic expectations. And Gannon told the media, there's a chance we don't see the quote, normal Kyler that we see in this first game. And I think that's really important to have going into this week, again, assuming that Kyler plays against the Falcons at State Farm Stadium Sunday afternoon. It's important to have that realistic expectation and and to not have these incredibly high standards of him coming back from a major injury 11 months to the day from when he tore his ACL on that same field. We know what he's capable of. Offensive rookie of the year, two-time pro bowler. We know he's done it before. Can he do it again? And that's the biggest question. We hope the answer is yes. I just don't know if it's going to be this week. It might take several weeks. It might not be until December or January. But if you see enough that gets you all right excited about 2024 because you have your franchise quarterback and he's overcome the biggest obstacle in front of him that he's ever faced in his football career. Yeah, I look, I think it's going to be very exciting. I I would hope and expect that Cardinals fans are very loud when Kyler runs out of the field and has his name called and and the excitement that really everybody's been been waiting for for a year at this point. Perhaps overshadowing the return also of James Conner. We did. We went through this a we little. We did with Buda Baker. With Buda Baker designated. We gotta give yeah, love so. for JC. <laughs> he was designated to return. That's always up you, his... Craig. By the way, you're always ta- wanting to talk about Kyler. I'm always having a fight for the other guy. That's fair. 21 day practice window is open for James Conner, and I'm going to make a prediction here on Cardinals Ooh. Cover Two, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Let's see if I can be as good as you is trying to speak things into existence. I believe we're going to see James Conner on the football field on Sunday. He is not going to need all 21 days. He's going to be like Buddha and just use those three practices and a Saturday walkthrough and say, all right, I'm good. Put me back in. I agree. That's my feeling as well. We have seen for at least the last week, Connor was working out on the side with trainers and what you were mentioning earlier about that is a good sign when you're not having to spend the entire practice, at least from what the media is seeing inside the weight room and rehabbing in there. When we were at practice Wednesday, it looked like Connor did not miss a beat. He was still fast and agile and powerful going through the drills. Um, I have the same feeling as you that it it seems like Connor is trending in the direction that he will be ready to play on Sunday, which is huge in general. And then again, for all the reasons we were talking about earlier, huge when you have Kyler making his return. And I think Kyler Murray benefits the most from having James Conner back on the football field because now Kyler doesn't feel like he has to do it all by himself. And this within this offense, more of a balanced offense, a little bit more running. They would love to run the ball more, but when you're trailing, you can't run the ball. Or in the case of Sunday in Cleveland, If you can't establish the run, then you put everyone behind the eight ball and it just becomes difficult to do anything as an offense. But 
what James Conner has meant to this offense, all you have to knew, know is what happened when he was not on the football field during these four games that he's missed. And that's, I think, where you really see the value of a player. What happens when they're not around? And when James Conner has not been around, the offense struggled. It was a drop-off, and it might not have mattered who was the starting quarterback because the numbers dropped and we look at play action and how much that set up everything else. The Cardinals through the first four weeks were the number one play action team in the league. They go into week 10, ranked 13th in play action. And a lot of that, again, is because when you're trailing, you kind of become one-dimensional. With the exception of Cleveland, the overall running numbers for this Cardinals offense didn't look drastically different when Connor was out. However, the production was different. It's, it's the same as Hollywood. If you look at the numbers, it doesn't tell the full story. The Cardinals were not as efficient in the run. They weren't finding the end zone in the run game, unless it was Josh Dobbs. Um, so that the production really fell off, even if the numbers don't entirely look like it without James Conner. Craig, these are numbers that you shared, but Conner is averaging 5.4 yards per carry, which is third best in the league. All other Cardinals running backs are averaging 3.3 yards. That alone, I mean, that's almost double. Maybe not almost double, but a significant difference. Again, we'd established earlier on the show how well Dave does in math. (laughs) Yeah, but still significantly better. Two yards better (laughs) when James Conner is running the football than any other running back. Amari DiMercato. Who else? Damian Williams, Tony Jones, Keontae Ingram. The numbers, again, yeah, you're right, because the rushing totals when Connor was gone, they were still averaging better than 100 yards a game. But Josh Dobbs accounted for a lot of those yards. And it's great when you have a quarterback who is mobile and can run. Kyler Murray is a quarterback who is mobile and can run. But you don't want your running game based around your quarterback. And too many times when Kyler was healthy, that's what this offense looked like. In Cleveland, the Cardinals were without what had previously been their top three rushers. James Conner, Amari DiMercato, and quarterback Josh Dobbs. Now, it will be interesting, which I don't think we're going to have enough of a sample size from one game. But the back half of this season, it'll be interesting to see if Kyler's run tendencies look any different under Drew Petzing and quarterbacks coach Izzy Wolfork. Maybe it won't. Maybe they're going to let Kyler do his thing that he's been doing for so long. However, the the main difference when it comes to scrambling or extending a play between Dobbs and Kyler is that Dobbs would hang in the pocket and he would run through the gap. Whereas Kyler likes to spin out of the pocket, run back an extra 10 or 15 yards, and extend that way, which can be dangerous because that can turn a sack that's maybe minus four or five yards into maybe 15 or 17. So that'll be interesting. Again, maybe that's not something that is a concern or they're trying to change, but that might be an aspect of Kyler's run game that we see kind of changes a little bit with this new staff. Dobbs almost invited the contact, and Kyler runs to avoid the contact. It's not that he's afraid of contact. Just just different styles. Exactly, different styles of running. And again, they're built differently as well. And that comes back to, all right, I'm Petzing was also asked earlier this week as far as that quarterback sneak. Well, Josh Dobbs is a bigger, stronger, more physically built player than Kyler Murray, and it's about leverage and how strong you are, and 
Is that something that we see with Kyler Murray? And Petsing says, I'm comfortable with it as long as Murray is comfortable with it. But that's I another can't. aspect of the game. I don't, I don't know that Kyler would I don't be know if comfortable I've ever seen, with that. I don't think I've ever seen Kyler do a QB sneak. I have to, off the top of my head, I don't remember ever seeing it. I don't. Kyler knows that his legs are an asset. And he has no problem extending the plays. He's also made it clear in the past that he doesn't particularly love a ton of designed run plays. Now, maybe the mindset has changed after coming back from an injury. Maybe it's changed with this new staff and he's more open. I'm not sure. And and while he would, as a team player, you know, be willing to do whatever the play call is, I just can't imagine that he would necessarily be in that quarterback's room asking for a QB sneak. That's why I go back to the play calls from the sideline and then what is checked into, checked out of, or whatever. But not so much, well, one, yes, how does Kyler Murray look? And then how does Kyler Murray look within this offense? Does it look any different on Sunday? Again, if all goes well this week and Kyler Murray is indeed starting against the Atlanta Falcons. That's a big question, and we won't know the answer for that for a couple of days. What we do know, however, is James Conner, limited, officially limited in practice on Wednesday. And more importantly, Danny, Michael Wilson, limited in practice. DNP all of last week, but that shoulder injury appears to be much better. In fact, Michael spoke post-practice, said his shoulder got banged up too much, just couldn't give it a go, but felt good, and is actually looking forward to catching passes from Kyler Murray in a game, which could happen as soon as Sunday. I was right. Cam Thomas out with an illness, so that was that was a, a good instinct on my part. Marco, Marco Wilson with the knee is a little iffy there since he did not practice. That doesn't make me feel great, but it's also just Wednesday, so. A lot can happen between Wednesday I'll start to get concerned if Sunday. there's still no practice on Thursday as opposed to being limited. Tristan Colon, a calf, Amari Di Mercado, a toe, Will Hernandez, a knee, DJ Humphreys, an ankle, and Ezekiel Turner dealing with a hamstring injury. As we mentioned, Thomas and Wilson also did not practice on Wednesday. So it's a long list for a Wednesday, but here we are getting ready for Week 10, and long injury reports are not too much of a concern, at least for a Wednesday. But specifically, Marco Wilson, keep an eye on him and how that develops over the next couple of days. It does perhaps open up the chance, the opportunity for Keetrell Clark to see some snaps on Sunday. He's been a healthy scratch each of the past two weeks, and that would allow him to get back on the football field, maybe take some of that coaching and stuff that he has been asked to work on on the field opposite Antonio Hamilton, and then you've got Garrett Williams, Buda Baker, and Jalen Thompson in the secondary as well. Starling Thomas could maybe yeah. get the start. I, I think, it, yeah, maybe opposite of Antonio Hamilton. If Marco is unable to play, it'll be interesting if we see the sort of cornerbacks rotation we have seen the last few weeks. Marco has been really the the only player who has not truly been rotated out the way that the opposite cornerback has been. So if he's not available, it'll be interesting to see. I would imagine at this point, Starling Thomas probably gets the start over Keytrail Clark. But how are you going to do any sort of rotation if you are to incorporate Keytrail? Or are you going to maybe move Garrett Williams, who's been playing inside, and, and try and get his, him some outside looks? You might have a few options there if, again, if, if Marco is unable to play. Starling Thomas played 28 snaps 
Uh, excuse me, 33 snaps on Sunday. Now who's bad at math? I just, just read the wrong number. <laughs> I was not doing addition or subtraction in my head. Looking at Marco Wilson, he played a season-low 82% of the snaps. He was not on the field for 13 snaps in that game this past Sunday, and that might be why he showed up on the injury report on Wednesday with the knee issue. I'll be honest, I did not see it's hard when you're watching the game from the studio via television, but I did not notice number 20, and it was never mentioned on the broadcast, Marco Wilson leaving that game. And it might, again, at that point, late second half, maybe we're all worried about other things at that point because nothing was going right for the Cardinals late Sunday in Cleveland. Yeah, I don't remember anything being being said about him either. So maybe that was just something when they got back and how he was feeling and, and just kind of getting a closer look at that. One last note about the secondary we promote it each and every week here on Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and that is Sideline Exchange. And the player that had the pleasure and the honor yeah. of being spoken to <laughs> by Danny Sarek was who? Safety Buddha Baker. Who else? Well, there could have been a number of That's different players. True. There's 53 guys in there. He's one of the best. Buddha was great, as expected. We talked about Kyler's return, um, the secondary, and, and kind of what the standard that has been set there in the trio with himself and Jalen Thompson and Garrett Williams. Talked about this Falcons offense, which is pretty balanced, I think, in a, in a sneaky manner, just because they're not one of the top teams in the league. They've got some quarterback changes they're working through. But Atlanta has rushed for 100-plus rushing yards in seven of nine games and of their 33 explosive plays of 20 more yards, majority of those come in the air. So they've they've got a balanced attack. So we talked about going up against the Falcons and and also just as a leader, kind of the mindset of where this team is halfway through the season with the record that they have. So he was really great this week. And that's a player, much like we heard from Jonathan Ledbetter on Monday, when you're going through a season like this, you've lost six in a row, your record is one and eight, no one is happy, yet is there buy-in? Are players still invested or have they checked out even though we're here early in November? Ledbetter was great on Monday. said, know what? We're here. We're being evaluated. If not for this team, there's 31 other teams that will look at this film, these games right now, that will put more attention and focus on these final games than perhaps the first eight games of the season because are you going to stay in this league or are you going to play yourself out of the league? That alone should quiet everybody who begs for a tanking season. These players and coaches are fighting for their lives and their jobs week after week. I can promise you that the word tanking has never crossed any of their minds unless it's been asked by a media member because that's what fans are wanting. And you never tank, do you? Never. Always give my best, Craig. Got to get, I don't know why just this image just popped in my head, but you say tank and as we talk here and I'm just thinking, got to get Darren Urban in a dunk tank. Ooh, but here's the thing. I don't know why Darren that just popped so in my head, but that, it did. that like if he were to get dunked, he wouldn't even fully go underwater. <laughs> and what fun is that? Do they make dunk tanks for extra tall people like you and Darren? Something that I would have to invest hmm, some research in. Maybe that's how I'll spend my afternoon. Okay, we'll get an assignment for Danny <laughs> for this Wednesday. Wow, I don't know where that went, where that came from, but it did. I just, I think tank, and I'm thinking dunk tank. 
That, that's where, I like that's where, the idea. That, that, that's where my that mind That might went. be an off-season. Maybe that's a game on. Ooh, off-season. Oh, nice. Oh. Especially if you're doing it in the summer. And you He'll might be have thanking a little, me. Yeah. Cooling off. When it's triple digits and 115. We might be onto something, Craig. I think we just discovered <laughs> our next great hit within the <laughs> Cardinals content and creative team here. All right, Danny's got some research, so we'll let her go and Google some of the dunk tanks out there that might be uh, tall enough for our uh, six foot three, six foot four, Darren Urban. Yeah, he's pretty tall. Okay, you're taller though, right? I don't. Uh, that's a good question. That's also something I'm going to have to spend my afternoon looking into. <laughs> Wow, I've got a busy day. All right, let's not waste any more of Danny's time. How about we put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, as we completely go off the rails here on a Wednesday. (laughs) Special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro, our associate producer, Cody Fincher. For Danny Sarek, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.